Blog Talk Radio.
you one and all and welcome to Miracle Internet Church. We are a Christian Protestant Internet Church and we meet on the Internet every Wednesday and every Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the United States of America. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you all, and I'm Pastor Sabrina. I hope that you've had a blessed week thus far, and I know that the Lord has a blessing for all of us tonight. Amen? I want to thank the Lord for his goodness, and I want to thank all of you for your continued prayers for my recovery and speedy health. I am very appreciative of your support. And I thank the Lord for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, Pastor put an announcement in the chat room, and it's listed there about three times. So I would encourage you to scroll up and read Pastor's announcements and govern yourself thereby. Amen. Praise the Lord. Govern yourself thereby. Amen. So, The word of the Lord is important. The word of the Lord gives direction. It gives instruction. It tells us what to do. Why? Because if it didn't, we would sit up in our own minds and try to interpret things out of our own thinking and decide, well, I'll just do this. And that might not please the Lord. So it's important that we place our attention on the word of God. Because God is very specific, direct, straightforward as to what he wants his people to do. He doesn't leave you wondering. Amen? He gets right to the point. Do this. Don't do this. Do this. But the problem comes in because some people have not yet learned how to follow direction. That's a very, very serious problem. Some people were never taught properly how to follow directions, and some people just don't. Amen? Some people were never taught, and some people just don't. But if you want to get along well with God, you have to learn how to follow direction. Amen? I'll give you a good case in point. I'll give you a good case in point. There was a lady that was talking to the Lord in her kitchen. And she was asking the Lord what to do about this specific situation in the family. And he told her to just have a small picnic, just hamburgers and hot dogs. That's it. 
nothing big. Well, that's what God said for her to do. But I want you to know that before she finished, it was no longer just hamburgers and hot dogs. It was this great big spread that you had to have potato salad and this and that and deviled eggs and this and that. And that. She blew it up into something that was far, far beyond the instructions that the Lord gave. And some of us are the same way. Some of us are the very same way. God says, move to the left. No, that's not enough. You've got to walk all the way down the street. Well, God didn't say to do that. He said, move to the left. So I'm giving you this little talk so that you get the point. Amen? God would like for you to learn how to follow simple instructions. Don't add to, don't take away from, just do exactly what he asked. Some of you have problems in your mind. And so what you do is when instructions are given to you, they go through this cycling system in your mind. And when it comes out, it's not what you were told to begin with. It's something else. It's changed and morphed into something else. Amen? It's morphed into something else. But you know, when you find yourself, when you catch yourself doing that, you need to go back to the Lord and ask him to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask him to take you back to the original instructions and to help you to get it right. There are people that have made it into their 60s, and they still cannot follow simple instructions, simple directions. People that come out of a witchcraft background uh, in particular have difficulty with this. Why? Because their natural-born rebels tell them to use a yellow pencil and they'll go find another color because rebellion lives in them. Amen? Rebellion lives in them. So we want to encourage everyone to pay attention to what you're doing. When you're given simple instructions, seek to follow the instructions as they are given. Some people have a very, 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 very carnal mind. It's not subject God, neither can it be. But you see, if you work with the Holy Spirit, he will help you to get breakthroughs in that area of your life. He will help you to get breakthroughs. He will help you to get breakthroughs in that part of your life. 
you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention to what you're doing because you have developed habits and traditions of doing things. Excuse me, pastor is talking. Please pay attention. And the answer to the question is no. Now, because you have developed patterns and traditions of your own that lead you off the path, so you're going to have to start paying attention to how you receive information, how you receive instruction and whether or not you follow them to the letter. You're going to have to start monitoring yourself. That's right. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. You have to begin to develop the habit of monitoring yourself how you Take in information and what you do with that information. How do you follow that information? Do you add to it? Do you take away from it? Do you twist it? What do you do? And when you come to the conclusion, well, I do this, then you need to go to the Lord with it. Lord, I don't do this quite right. I I need some help and I need some counsel. I need your wisdom. Amen? We all need to brush up on this. We all need to pay attention to this more. How do you take in information? What do you do with directions? And how well do you follow directions? That's what you need to pay attention to. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you. We want to give you praise. We want to thank you for this little fireside chat in the middle of summer that we had following instruction because all throughout the word of God, you give us instruction. You teach us how to follow instruction. It's extremely important in submitting to you. It's extremely important in obeying you. It's extremely important in promotion and growth. So we want to thank you, Lord. We want to thank you for speaking to us tonight and telling us that we need to pay attention because we're not doing as well as we could do or as well as we should be doing. So we want to thank you, Lord. We want to thank you for bringing our attention to this. And we're going to give our hearts to it. In Jesus' holy name. 
Father, we want to thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for the word of God, for the armor of God, for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst, for your warring linking angels, your praising angels, your ministering spirit, your truth, your wisdom, your counsel, your judgment. We want to thank you for being with us tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. We want to thank you for walking with us as we go through this journey of life. We want to thank you, Father. So we want to give you praise, Lord. We want to give you praise for what you're doing. We want to thank you for helping us. We want to thank you for strengthening us. You gave us a message tonight, Father, to strengthen us. Let us reach for the strength. Let us reach. Father, when you test our heart, we pray that you will be pleased with our honesty. In everything we do, may we set an example by doing what is right and what is good. In our workplace, wherever that may be, we pray that we will display integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose us may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. We purpose, Father, to manage as David did with integrity of heart and with skillful hands. Father, we thank you that the integrity of the upright guides us. May we be blameless in your sight so that we will receive a good inheritance. Let it be said of us by all men that, we, that they know that we are persons of integrity. Persons of integrity. That's important, Lord. And that we teach the way of God in accordance to the truth by the way we live. Because we are living epistles, read of all men. Judge us, O Lord, according to our righteousness, according to our integrity, O Most High God. And make us secure and guard us in your righteousness. In our integrity, Lord, you uphold us and set us in your presence forever. We want to thank you. We want to thank you. Father, there are those among us who were never taught integrity. And they don't know too much about it. But, Father, we ask today that those that do not know about integrity and how important it is in the life of a Christian, that you, excuse me, teach us integrity, Lord, 
Some of us didn't have that in our upbringings. Some of us didn't have that opportunity. So we ask, Father, for you to perfect things that concern us and teach us your integrity that we might live lives that are pleasing to you and that display the character and nature of Jesus Christ to everyone else. Amen. Praise the Lord. 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 Father, in Jesus' name, we want to thank you for helping us to grow. We know because you have taught us that you work in the background. You work in the background of our lives causing us to will and to do of your good pleasure. So, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you, Lord, to show us what we need to change, to show us individually what we need to change and how we need to do it so that it is pleasing to you. We thank you for teaching us. We thank you for directing us. We thank you for helping us to grow. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, and orders. We cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. We close and seal all portals, all channels, all open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and the workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong man and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks, onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, listeners, reporters, watchers, peeps, whispers, familiar demons, all electronic, digital, and technology demons in their attacks, all Leviathan spirits in their attacks, all Kundalini spirits, water and marine spirits, sex devils, unclean spirits, passive devils, sorcery devils, and their attacks. In Jesus' name, we bind all pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation, artificial intelligence, smart dust, drone spirits, sorcery devils, seducing, womanizing, whoredom spirits, all the voices of the stranger, the seducer, and the charmer in their attacks, all hypnotic trance devils in their attacks, all mystic rituals in their intent. We take authority, dominion, and power over electromagnetic attacks, smart technology, 
techno-paganism, mind controlled by the occult, EMF, EMP attacks in Jesus' name, everything coming from the satellite, from the cellular tower, from the electronic devices, from the television, from the cell phone, and from other electronic devices. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all pulse weapons and their attacks in the name of Jesus Christ. Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons in Jesus' name. We bind all debilitating sonic frequency attacks and the work of every druid. We bind 5G and components All microwave frequency weapons in the name of Jesus We overturn and empty all cauldrons, chalices Upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians We bind every order of magic and mystic arts Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean Hindu, Indian, African, European, Australian, Asian, Indonesian, North American, South American, Caribbean, Latin American, Indigenous persons, Native persons, Tribal groups. All black and white magic, voodoo and hoodoo everywhere in Jesus' holy name. We bind you. And we return the attacks to the senders in Jesus' name. We bind all Morgellons attacks. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils and all evil spirits which take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits. We bind each demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, hyperactivity. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect and all satanic ritual abuse devils, satanic worship, and witchcraft dedication. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, Spirits of supplanting the gods of the people of the land and the gods of the groves and every spirit that exalts logic, science, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind the transference of evil spirits, mammon and his agents, and all demons sent forth to sabotage, spy, destroy, infect, wear down, mock, lie against, manipulate, Hinder, besmirch, block, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, intimidate, defile, assassinate, divide, confound, undermine, attack, reproach, despise, 
and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools, the spirit of the fool, the fool's anger. We bind the carnal mind in Jesus' name. We bind all pulse microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons in Jesus' name. We return to sender according to the covenant, all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us. Astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person, or unrighteous event left behind in Jesus' name. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, and the Great Reset, make-believe, fantasy, la-la land, religious, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressors, the spirit in the children of disobedience, martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic practices and demons, Lewdness, perversions, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We bind you in Jesus' name. We bind the king of pride and all of his agents. And we chain you with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We bind all the money. Father, we lift up every member of Miracle Outreach Ministries that has a serious problem with pride. Every member of Miracle Outreach Ministries that has a serious issue with pride. We ask you, Father, to help them to decrease that you might increase in their lives in Jesus' name. We bind all demonic blood, human, sexual, financial, animal, fecal, and soulish sacrifices in Jesus' name. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, nature worship, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, Combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Moloch, Basilic, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, all goddesses, Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and 72, and we chain them all with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. 
We break the powers of every Masonic ritual, ceremony, and rite, and we bind the works of the associated organizations and its membership in Jesus' name. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, and designs in Jesus' name. And we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the pride and foolishness of our own opinions. And we return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, witchcraft, and mind control back on their own heads in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief and accord with Calvary. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we have come to loose the bands of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief, whom we serve and obey. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, for all who are in authority and all true Christians everywhere. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. We want to thank you, Father. We want to thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name. Father, there are some of us that need help in our home environment, and we thank you for that help coming speedily in Jesus' holy name. We disconnect ourselves, Father, from every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, transferred to us. We bind it in the name of Jesus. We command it to leave us now. In the name of Jesus, we cover ourselves and our mode of transportation, the road or the airways that we're using with the blood of Jesus. And we take authority, dominion, and power over every obstruction and every distraction and every derailment in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that you've released your angels ahead of us. We cover ourselves and our property 
with the blood of Jesus, and we take authority over all demons of the night, bad dreams, sex dreams, nightmares, anyone or anything attempting to get into our dreams. We bind all the poisons that we were fed in a dream, and we cough them out now in the name of Jesus Christ. Deep breath and cough, deep breath and cough in Jesus' name. We command those spirits to stay away from us, and we thank you, Father, for your protection around us as we sleep. We pull out every fiery dart, every pin, needle, spear, voodoo, or witchcraft, curses, and anything else sent to us, and we return it to the sender in the name of Jesus Christ according to the covenant. We cut ourselves free from all ungodly silver cords, ley lines, soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, plows, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all other forms of agreement with the demonic realm in Jesus' name. We destroy, we tear down, we break up all walls of protection around shamans, globalists, nanotechnology, Satanists, wizards, warlocks, witches, sorcerers, divinators, and liars in Jesus' name. We break the power of every love spell, vex, hex, curse, spell, charm, fetish, all psychic thoughts and prayers, death, bewitchment, potions, witchcraft, mind control, jinxes, sorcery, magic, voodoo, destruction, pain, torment, sickness, psychic warfare and psychic powers being sent against us, ungodly blessings, incantations, cantations, incense and candle burning, hoodoo, root works, crystal, tribal rituals and sins. We bind these things in the name of Jesus Christ. And we forbid them. We bind every spirit of bondage, every spirit of heaviness, every spirit of hate, and we release the love of God in Christ Jesus over the people of God in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Well, Hold on just a second here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Tonight, our featured psalm is Psalm 59. Psalm 59. And our verse for meditation comes from the same psalm. Psalm 59, verses 12 through 13. Our featured ebook is Battlefield Prayer Warriors. And our guest call-in number is area code 319-527-6235 and press 1. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Area code 319 Three, five, and press one. So tonight, saints, the Lord wants to talk to us about a promise to supply. A promise to supply. We've all heard of the recent shortages of supply in food, gas, fertilizer, lumber, baby formulas, and other daily necessities. 
It's in the news everywhere we turn. In fact, they are predicting a coming recession due to many of these shortages that have happened since the pandemic began. These deficits of daily supplies are real. They're real. And the saint of God must learn to depend on the Holy Spirit and the promises of God. That's very important, saints. The saint of God must learn to depend on the Holy Spirit and the promises of God. Saints, we are not ordinary persons adrift in the sea of humankind. No, we are peculiar people unto God. We're not just anybody. We belong to God. We are the blood-washed, covenant children of the Most High God. We are the blood-washed, covenant children of the Most High God. And if you've never taken the time to meditate on that truth, you need to. You need to. You need to give it due time to sink into your heart and into your mind. We are the blood-washed covenant children of the Most High God. We have a special relationship with Almighty God. We have a special relationship, Almighty God. Psalm 23, verse 1. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is the one who is watching over and overseeing my life. He attends. To my daily needs. He attends to my daily needs. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's what he does. As a shepherd, he attends to our daily needs. Whatever's going on, he's in it. He's not off on the sideline somewhere trying to figure out what to do. No, he's right there in the middle of it all. Amen? He's right there in the middle of it. It says in Luke chapter 2, chapter 11, forgive me, not chapter 2, chapter 11, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Verse 3, give us day by day our daily bread. Give us day by day our daily bread. So you see, it's not as if God comes flying in once a month, drops off rations, and takes off again. No, that's not what it says. It says, give us day by day our daily bread. That that is sufficient for the moment. We ask our Father to provide. We should always remember that he's our provider. Amen? The Lord is our shepherd, so we are the sheep of his pasture. He watches over us continually. He's continually watching over us. You see, when I went to Israel, I got to see the shepherd and the sheepfold relationship close up. The shepherd lives with the sheep. He doesn't visit them. He lives with them. Wherever they're grazing, that's where his tent is. And he spends his time with the sheep. He's with them all day long and all night long. He's continually protecting them. He's forever relating to each sheep. The sheep know him intimately because it's a very close relationship. So the Lord is our shepherd. We're the sheep of his sheepfold. We're the sheep of his pasture. It's supposed to be a very close and intimate fellowship and relationship. This does not mean that we will never face trying situations and dilemmas. It does mean that our good shepherd will take us through and supply our needs. He'll take us through and he will supply whatever the need is. That's what he will do. We are not the people of panic or fear or anxiety. We don't belong to those that are running around like a chicken that just got his head cut off. Some of you have never seen that, but I have. No, we're not running here and there, flapping everywhere, trying to find our head. We are not that people. We belong to the Prince of Peace. We actually belong to him. Some of you haven't taken that into true consideration, 
that you belong to God. You actually belong to him. You're not just related to him. You belong to him. Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 7. Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 7. And I'll sip some water for a second. Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 7. These are instructions that we are to follow. Ask, and it shall be given you. However, you must ask, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Now, if you don't ask, if you don't seek, and you don't knock, you shouldn't expect anything to change. Because these are the instructions, these are the directions that we are given to have our needs met. Every, for everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. So if you don't bother to ask, you don't bother to seek, and you don't bother to knock, you shouldn't expect anything to happen. You don't do anything, nothing will happen. However, if you ask, you should expect to receive. If you seek, you should expect to find. If you knock, you should expect it to be opened unto you. Or what man is there of you whom, if his son asks bread, will give him a stone? See, your heavenly father is trying to explain to us that he's not loco. You ask for one thing, he isn't going to come up with something that ought not be there. He's not that way. He understood you clearly when you asked. Or if he asks a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you ask for something beneficial to you, God's not going to give you something bad for you. If ye then, being evil in comparison to God, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more? Shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? But you see, the good things come to those that ask him. If you ignore him, don't look for good things. Amen? Saints, our Father is come tonight to deal with our unbelief in his loving provision for us. And he says each of us 
has some unbelief in that area. Each of us, that would include you. The idea in this passage is for us to ardently require and insist upon something that is due to us cause of family and redemptive or covenant right. That's right. Yes, Jesus Christ gave us rights in the kingdom of God through his blood sacrifice for us. Amen. He wants us to get it into our minds and hearts that we are to ardently require and insist upon that that is due to us because of family. We're in the family of God. We're inside the family of God. We're not strangers and we're not foreigners. We're family. And we have redemptive or in our covenant rights. Jesus gave us rights when we came to him and had our sins washed away and asked him to come live in our hearts and be our Savior and our Lord. Yes, we frequently live beneath our privilege. But that would be our fault, now wouldn't it be? It is our Father's will that we that we come to him and receive what we want. You know, babies know how to do this. When they want something, they know how to let you know. They don't have to have words yet. They have enough sound to get through to you. Amen. Psalm 34, beginning with verse 9. Psalm 34, beginning with verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints. Reverence God. Honor him. For there is no want to them that fear him. Amen. There is no want to those that actually fear the Lord. How do you know when somebody fears the Lord? They constantly, consistently obey him. They submit themselves to him, and they obey him. They consider what he says to be more important than what anybody else says and their own thoughts. Those are good ways to know when someone reverences the Lord. His very presence, what he says, what he does, is important to them. Not like this generation that's living now. They're trying to decide if they like Jesus Christ. If they like him. I had a little conversation with the Lord earlier today about that concept of if they like him. 
And I never experienced that in my life, trying to decide if I like Jesus Christ. I've never been to that place. You see, you can't compare Jesus to some experience you've had in life or something you've done or something you want to accomplish and decide that you want the other thing more than you want Jesus. That's that's not it. That's not that's not the program. It doesn't work that way. You see he is God and God alone. And you must treat him, think of him, speak to him with that level of reverence to a deity. You can't sit there and decide that um, you like some other personality more than you like Jesus Christ. And it's all pivoting on your life. You see, that's how these present generations of young people are evaluating Jesus Christ on whether or not they like. You know, on in on the um, in the computer, I think YouTube has this. They have that little thumb up or thumbs down if you like it and if you don't. That's what they're doing. They're deciding if they're gonna like Jesus Christ that day or if they're not. But that won't work. You can't relate to him that way. And if that's the way you've been thinking of him, it's time for you to grow up. Time for you to grow up. Amen? Verse 10, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Amen. Some of us need to put our wants through the Holy Ghost um, processor because everything we want is not necessarily good for us. Psalm 84, verse 11. Psalm 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So this has to do with how you live your everyday life. If you want the blessings of the Lord, you'll have to have an upright life. We just prayed a prayer about integrity. Integrity is an essential part of uprightness. He says, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk or live their lives uprightly. But you see, You have to pay attention to how you live. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. 
Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Believe when you pray, when you open your mouth, right then, right there, in that moment, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. If you find yourself with difficulty doing this, you need to fast and pray. Amen. The Gospel of John, chapter 15. The Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 7. The Gospel of John, teen, verse 7. Jesus speaking. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. If ye abide in me, if you live in me, Jesus says, And if my words live in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Amen? If you abide in me, you live your life walking in the Spirit, and my words live in you, and they govern your life, and your lifestyle. Then you can ask what you want, and it shall be done unto you. Amen. That's what he said. Verse 16, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Fruitful people get answers to prayer. Fruitful people get answers to prayer. Our Father is waiting for us to seek him with our whole heart. Now, I don't mean part of your attention for about 10 minutes. No, with our whole heart. Our God is not a half-hearted God. We must learn to imitate him. We must learn to imitate him. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. Deuteronomy Chapter 4, verse 29. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. You know, there are some people who are in a Christian family group. And sometimes they're tempted to just float on. So what do you mean by that, Pastor, float on? They're just 
uh, getting by on the prayers of everybody else for them. They're not really pressing into God. They're not really diligently seeking his face. If you listen to their prayer life, they have very little to say because they've been developing very little relationship with the Lord themselves. They've been depending on the atmosphere that's created in the family unit where the other members are seeking the Lord. Well, that's not true Christianity. Every can has to sit on its own bottom. Amen? Nobody can live your Christian life for you. Nobody can spend their time running behind you, doing all your spiritual warfare for you. And no one should. It's your responsibility. The body of Christ will come into agreement with you, but they shouldn't have to do all your warfare for you unless you're incapacitated. Amen? The Lord says, Thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, and thou shalt find him if, I-F, if, thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. You see, there's some people that think because their grandmother was missed so-and-so-and-so at the church that they're just going to automatically get into heaven. Well, that's wrong. That's never going to happen. It's not automatic. Heaven does not come on your chromosome. There's no allele on your chromosome for heaven. God is not a respecter person. You can't make it in, so to speak, on somebody else's coattail. You must learn to seek the Lord with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, God is saying, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Say God has to come and humble you. It says you decide to humble yourself and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways. Then, you see there's There's some qualifying. First of all, you have to be of God's people, called by his name. You have to humble yourself. You have to pray. You have to seek his face, and you must turn from your own wicked ways. Yes, you have them. Then. He says, will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land? For a good while now, we've been following this process. And if you continue to follow this process with us, you'll get the blessing as well. But you must do the process. You must obey the instructions as printed. 
Amen. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17. I love them, says the Lord, that love me. Same can it be, saints. I love them that love me. If you don't love God, you've got a problem. See, we talked about the young people that are trying to decide if they like Jesus Christ or not. Well, they're in a fix, aren't they? Because he says, I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. Early, whatever early means. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, then seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. If you've been crucified with Christ, if you went down in that watery grave and came back up, you've been risen with Christ, then seek those things that are above, God is saying. Not just the things that are on the earth. Praise the Lord. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, a lot of these young people, uh, they have this tendency to use this slang that they picked up from who knows where about the man upstairs. I don't know which stairs they're referring to or who the man is. Because the Bible says, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. There cannot be a question in your mind or in your heart about whether or not God exists. You have to have answered that question. And that he rewards those who diligently seek him. It's important to follow the instructions as written. Amen? James chapter 1. James chapter 1 beginning with verse 5. James chapter 1 beginning with verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, in other words, you don't know what to do. You don't know if this is the right thing to do or how you should go about it. What do you do about that? Well, here are the instructions 
Let him ask of God. That means you have to have a conversation with God. That giveth to all men liberally. God is liberal in that way in his giving. And some of us need to learn to be liberal in our giving as well. Did you know that there are persons who come to this ministry and receive ministry that do not support this ministry financially? No, they send their money here, there, and everywhere. But they come to this ministry for ministry, receive ministry, but they do not support financially. The scriptures are not in agreement with that. The scriptures are not in agreement with that practice. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. God gives to all men liberally, and he doesn't get on your case about it. And it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering, no vacillating, no going back and forth. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. He's here one minute and there someplace else afterwards. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. You're going to have to have some stability to walk in faith. You're going to have to make some decisions. Can't be changing up every time the wind blows. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Not some of his ways, all of them. A double-minded man. He's here one moment, there the next. You got one personality here one moment and another personality the next. Completely unstable. Can't be depended upon. So, we must open our hearts and our minds so that we can progressively, progressively come to see for ourselves that our God is the ultimate source for all of our needs, we must open our own heart and our own mind so that we can progressively, it's a process, progressively come to see for ourselves that our God is the ultimate source for all of our needs. Psalm 145, beginning with verse 15. Psalm 145, beginning with verse 15. Eyes of all wait upon thee. Why? Because he's the source. And thou givest them their meat in due Season, in due season. What they need, 
they receive in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. You need satisfaction, you'll find it in God. You need a desire met, you'll have to find it in God. James, James chapter 1, verse 17. James chapter 1, verse 17. Do you know that there are people who are either dating or married, and they're expecting their spouse or their or the person they're dating to satisfy all these different needs in their life. But you see, that's wrong. No other person was made to satisfy all the needs and wants in your life. You've made an idol out of that person. No one is responsible or capable of satisfying all the needs and wants in your life but Almighty God himself. And if you have placed this other individual, whether it be someone you're dating, someone you're married to, or your children, or someone else, into that category, you've done them a grave disservice because you have made them your God instead of Jesus Christ. Amen? It is so. You're in idolatry, and idolaters don't go to heaven. It's a very grave thing. James chapter 1, verse 17. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of light, with whom is no variableness. You know, we just talked about Shifting left and right, vacillating, going back and forth. In our God, there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Not only no turn, no shadow either. Amen? Yes, there is a part for all of us to work. But God himself even supplies the work as he brings forth faith in us. Yes, there's something for each of us to do, but God himself supplies that as he brings forth faith in us. Miracles are performed by God himself. Miracles are performed by God himself. Numbers chapter 11, beginning with verse 17. Numbers chapter 11, Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Numbers chapter 11, 
beginning with verse 17. This is a discussion with God and with Moses. And we're going to listen to see how the conversation went. Moses was overtaxed with the burden of the people in this conversation. And the Lord was saying to him, I will come down and talk with thee there. I'll come down from where I am, and I'm going to talk with you there. And I will take of the spirit which is upon thee, and will put it upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with thee, that thou bear it not thyself alone. Moses is going to get some help. Praise the Lord. And say thou unto the people, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and ye shall eat flesh. For ye have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, Who shall give us flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt, in Egypt where they were slaves. They didn't have control of their own lives at all. They were under Egyptian taskmasters. So they're going to tell this lie and say it was well with us in Egypt. And they know it was not. Therefore, the Lord will give you flesh and you shall eat. It's important when you're dealing with the Lord to tell the truth. Verse 19, ye shall not eat one day, nor two days, nor five days, neither ten days, nor twenty days. In other words, the people had complained so much that it was so wonderful back in Egypt where they were in bondage and slavery. And they had the worst lot in life. It was well with them back then, really. And they complained that, why don't we eat what we used to eat? Oh, we used to have leeks and onions and this and that and the other. Oh, we need to go back where we came from. And they were provoking God. Some of us act that way sometimes. It's dangerous. So the Lord says they're not just going to eat uh, flesh one day or two days or five days or ten or twenty. No, a whole month until it come out at your nostrils and it be loathsome unto you because that you have despised the Lord which is among you and have wept before him saying, why came we forth out of Egypt? They're telling God they have no gratitude for him and no appreciation for all that he had done for them. That's what they're saying. We're lusting after how it used to be way back in the day. It used to be this way and it used to be that way. Here you have a completely different life. But you're going to complain and gripe to God about why He took you off that job. You took me off that job and gave me this job over here where I have to to be my own business person and I have to learn how to do this and I have to learn how to. It was better when I was working for those people making minimum wage. Feel free to repent of that. 
And Moses said, the people among whom I am are 600,000 footmen. Now, that didn't count the women and children. That did not count the women and children. 600,000 footmen. And thou hast said, I will give them flesh that they may eat a whole month. Shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them to suffice them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to suffice them? You see, Moses was having a moment of unbelief. God said, I'm going to give these people enough flesh to eat for a month till it come out of their nostrils. And Moses is saying, do you realize how many people are down here? As if God didn't already know. And so Moses is challenging what God has said because he didn't believe it. We do that too. Amen. We do that too. Well, saints, this passage clearly shows that we should never doubt God. We shouldn't doubt him. We have one thought, God has another thought. Well, Moses did doubt God, just as we would have. You see, we have a weakness of faith. We have a tendency to shrink back into unbelief when God tells us that he can do more than we can imagine. We have a tendency, a strong proclivity to shrink back into unbelief when God tells us that he can do more than we can imagine. Just like Moses, we just can't seem to grasp what God has said. People have puny thoughts or thoughts based on their prior experience in life, but not so with God. Not so with God. Isaiah chapter 55, beginning with verse 8. Isaiah chapter 55, beginning with verse 8. The Lord says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. God doesn't think like you. Aren't you glad? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So when God comes to us with ways that are higher and different and thoughts that are completely different from ours, that's not an opportunity to jump on the springboard of unbelief. 
It's not the time to climb up to the diving board and dive off into a lake of unbelief. That's not the time to do that. Amen? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able, God is able, that is able to do, God can perform. Exceeding, E-X-C-E-E-D-I-N-G, exceeding, abundantly, above, all that we ask or think. How? According to the power that worketh in us. God is able. He has the ability. He's, it's not going to put him on sweat. God has the ability. He has the power. He has the capability to do, to actually perform exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. So, you see, we must fast because fasting brings down our unbelief. That's right. The carnal mind, which leads us into sin, because whatsoever is not of faith is sin, will keep us from believing God. The carnal mind will keep us from believing God. There are people who have died prematurely because they refused to believe that God would heal them, even though the Bible says so. We must believe in order to receive from him. We must believe in order to receive from him. The book of Hebrews, Let's see, where are we going? Hebrews chapter 11. We just covered this. Verse 6 again. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen? So, let's look at this picture. In Numbers chapter 11, verse 23, Numbers chapter 11, verse 23, the Lord says unto Moses, he picks up this conversation, is the Lord's hand waxed short? Is it? Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. In other words, since you didn't believe me, you just wait and see what I do. And you'll find out if what I told you is so. God asked Moses, 
Is God's hand limited? Is it? I ask you, saints, is God's hand limited so that your needs cannot be met? He's waiting for your answer. What is your hang-up? What is keeping you from believing God fully? Hmm. Let's go back to Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11, verse starting with verse 31. Numbers chapter 11, starting with verse 31. We're picking up with the flesh story. They wanted to eat meat. Well, okay, here it is. Verse 31. And there went forth a wind from the Lord. Where did the wind come from? It came from the Lord and brought quail from the sea. Hmm, God can do that. And let them fall by the camp, as it were a day's journey on this side and as it were a day's journey on the other side, round about the camp. And as it were, two cubits high upon the face of the earth. Well, what's two cubits? Well, they say a cubit starts at the tip of your middle finger and it goes down to your elbow. If you hold your arm up straight, you have for the tip of your middle finger down to your elbow. That's what they call the cubit. So it's two cubits high upon the face of the earth. That's how deep they were in quail. And the people stood up all that day and all that night and all the next day, and they gathered the quail. And he that gathered least gathered ten homers, and they spread them all abroad for themselves round about the camp. So it appears from this that God not only answered by giving them food to eat, he abundantly provided. You know he's called El Shaddai, not El Chipo. Amen? Some of us still don't quite have that. I'll let you work on that. He's not called El Chipo. That's not his name. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. So tell me, why won't you believe him? Amen. So, I'm going to flip a minute, but I'm not going to tell you where I'm going. Ah. Why can't you believe him? 
Why? What's the problem? What's the holdup? What's getting in your way? Amen? What's getting in your way? Amen. What's getting in your way? What are you allowing to come between you and the word of God? Amen? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Second, no, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Well, maybe this explains some things. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. There's your carnal mind getting in the way again. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Huh. Your carnal mind keeping you from believing God. Your carnal mind keeping you from believing God. Well, I ain't never seen it like that before. Well, what's that got to do with God? Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Malachi, last book in the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing and pour you out a blessing. Didn't say drop down a blessing to you. says pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Well, God seems awfully generous here, doesn't he? He says he will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have room enough to take it in. He says to try him. Prove me now herewith, he says. God's challenging you. He's in your face. He says, put me to the test. We'll see if I'm God or not. Amen. He says, put him to the test. Let's see. You're trying to tell me I'm not God enough to handle your problem? Let's see. Prove me, he says, but of course, you must pay your tithe, you know. Well, I don't have a job, so I can't pay tithe. Well, then what you do is you believe God for an income. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. God owns the entire world, not just the parts that you have seen and heard of. God owns. It is his personal property. The entire world, not just the parts that you've seen on National Geographic and heard about and may be visited. Chapter 19, verse 5. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, God says. All the earth is mine. Psalm 50, beginning with verse 10. Psalm 50, beginning with verse 10. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountain, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. God says to us, if I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. God said if he was hungry, he wouldn't even ask you. He wouldn't tell you about it. Since when have you been the provider? No, he's the provider. We may ask for what we want in prayer. We may ask for what we want in prayer. Luke chapter 11, beginning with verse 5. Luke. Chapter 11, beginning with verse 5. Jesus speaking. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight? At midnight. And say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me. And I have nothing to set before him. And from within shall answer, and he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. But I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, just because he asked. Because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Importunity means to trouble with request or demand, insistent, refusing to be denied, 
to urge or entreat persistently or repeatedly. It means to be unrelenting and consistent with urgency. To be unrelenting and consistent with urgency. Luke chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. Luke chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. In other words, men ought to always pray and not to give up. Saying, there was a city, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming, her continual coming, her continual coming, she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. Listen to what the unjust judge said. He said, This woman is going to get on my nerves and she's not going to stop. So let me go on and give her what she wants so she'll leave me alone. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Shall he? You see, this saint, this widow wouldn't stop. She wouldn't quit. She kept asking, and she kept on asking. She kept seeking, and she kept on seeking. She kept knocking, and she wouldn't stop knocking. And God is saying that men ought always to pray and not to give up. And not to give up. Well, some of us get discouraged, don't we, and just quit. But this does not please our Father. It's Satan's job to attempt to discourage us. But we are not to allow him to do that. We are not to allow him to do that. That's why... We bind the devil. That's why we keep our armor on. That's why we loose the will of God over our lives. That's why we praise the Lord. We are not ignorant of Satan and his devices. So if you gave up, repent, and get back up. If you gave up, Repent and get back up. 
In the Gospel of Matthew and Mark, the Lord Jesus told us that there would be famines during our lifetime. There would be shortage of supply during our lifetime. And I can say that this has been borne out to be the truth all of my life. Our Father has promised to supply our needs even in famine. Our Father has promised to supply our needs even in famine. Psalm 33, beginning with verse 18. Psalm 33, beginning with verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Amen? To keep them alive in famine. Psalm 37, beginning with verse 18. Psalm 37, beginning with verse 18. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. In the days of famine they shall be satisfied. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 3. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 3. The Lord will not suffer the righteous, the soul of the righteous, to famish. The Lord will not allow the soul of the righteous to famish, but he casteth away the substance of the wicked. You see, you've been cared for. You've been cared for. Many times, the Lord warns his people so that they can make preparations for lean time. Acts chapter 11, beginning with verse 27. Acts chapter 11, beginning with verse 27. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood up one of them, Agabus, named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Well, all right, the Lord spoke through his prophet and told them what was going to happen. Verse 29, then the disciples, Every man according to his ability. Every man according to his ability. 
determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. God warned that a scarcity of food supply was coming, so the believers sent relief money to the and supplies to their affected brethren. This is charity. This is faith. This is the love of God. Saints, God has promised to supply our needs. Let's trust him and believe him. Yes, he has promised to supply our needs, even in a supply deficit. Amen? Amen. So we have a promise from God that he will supply our needs regardless of the circumstances. If, of course, we choose to believe him, choose to follow his instruction. And hopefully I'm believing that we will actually do this. Amen? That we will actually do this. Praise the Lord. Brother Bill. Praise the Lord, Pastor Sabrina. Praise the Lord. We have some wonderful praise reports tonight, and I have one too. We went to a store to buy something to cook on the grill, and the woman didn't charge us for it, the cashier. So I went back in and talked to the manager and said, hey, there's a mistake. Somehow we didn't get charged for it. And the manager Wrote on the ticket, have a nice day. You don't have to pay for it. I thank you for being honest. Well, I said, I just don't want to bring any curses upon me. When we got home, there was this huge limb out of our giant oak tree that had fell, and it didn't hurt anything. It just fell in the yard and didn't destroy any of our garden or any of our other fruit trees or anything. Just praise you, Lord. Praise you. You take care of everything. And because we did not open a door, thank you for that, Lord. I give you praise and glory and honor for that. Dina has a praise report. The Lord showed me a picture to destroy that had my family member on it and a huge T-shirt with a spider in the middle of it. Praise the Lord that she got rid of it. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Amori has a praise report. After praying and seeking God's will for a particular job, TLC Puppy Love I was offered the job. It took a while to the point, and I must admit it was a bit discouraging that I wouldn't that I wouldn't get the job, but I realized I had to be patient. Thank you, Jesus, for growth and more experience in the area you've called me to. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lena says, praise you, Lord. You healed my mother and my mother-in-law. Praise you, Lord, for that. Praise you, Lord Jesus. In cases, praise you and thank you, God, for keeping me safe and aware when we were out today exploring neighborhoods. Thank you for helping us to better understand what is for us and what isn't. It's a blessing to be in agreement. Thank you. And we are looking forward to our new home ownership and your perfect timing and your way. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord. And Caroline says, has a praise report. Charity had a beautiful baby girl 
Both are doing fine. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Clarity. I'm sorry. I said the name wrong. Grace has a praise report. I drank a liquid from a bottle cap. It appeared to be a medicine bottle in a dream. I awakened and immediately did the dream protocol and spoke in my prayer language and received deliverance. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus, for teaching us how to fight. Thank you, Lord, for that dream protocol you gave pastor years ago. It really helped, saints. And I will post it in the prayer room after I'm through reading for anyone that don't have it. Amori has a praise report. Father, I give you praise and glory, and thank you for keeping me and my household who are in Christ safe and sound after experiencing heavy back-to-back warfare. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Sister Nicole has a praise report. I saw my daughter on Facebook that she reposted about having your your identity set in Christ and not in LGBTQT. Praise God for that. Praise you, Father, for drawing her. And Dina has a praise report. I put a prayer request for D, and her breast reduction surgery was a success. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And Caroline says, she has a praise report. Uh, my fingers and back are back to normal in my wrist, and the swelling's going down, and Feel so much better. Thank you, Lord, for healing from the injury. Praise you, Lord. Dana has a praise report. Praise report. Praise God for healing my back. I was in excruciating pain from a disc injury. Different back ailment that I reported a few weeks ago. And the Lord took the pain away. Thank you, Jesus. Bless his holy name. What a wonderful praise report. JC has a praise report. My teaching certificate was renewed without any holds. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and your grace and your favor. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you. That's a wonderful praise report. All these are wonderful. Daryl has a praise report. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for finding favor. Everything that Timothy and I needed at Kyle's wedding. Thank you, Lord, for directing our past. Thank you, Lord, that we had a wonderful time at Gina's wedding shower. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. DCH has a praise report. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to tell a couple of believers at the store yesterday about MIC. And thank you for giving me authority to have dominion over the earth and to bind what sounded like an owl in my tree by my house last night. And I said, if it's not a real owl, I return to sender sevenfold. I cut it silver cord and immediately quit making any sounds. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. You're teaching us how to fight. Dina has a, a praise report. Praise the Lord. Since last month, I've lost 21 pounds. I thank the Lord for helping me shop for healthy food. He wanted me to shop for low sugar fruits, no starches except bread for communion, no sugar, and I could use a little honey. I thank the Lord for giving me strength to continue on this health journey. I was going to wait until... I lost maybe 50 pounds, but I remembered from the scripture in Revelations 12:11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. 
and how we are encouraged to praise, praise the Lord, because that's how we overcome. When I get hungry or have inordinate desire for sweets, I start binding and sending those demons to the feet of to the foot of Jesus until the desire goes away. Remarkably, I haven't been tempted to look at TV as much or mostly at all since the fast. The three-day fast was powerful. I pray this encourages someone to start to continue on their journey. Oh, I heard the ice cream truck again, and I had a big chuckle. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. See, she's not running after that ice cream truck no more. Praise you, Lord. Andrew says, as a praise report, Grace has believed the report of the Lord and is feeling well again. By his stripes, she has been healed. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, saints, for your prayers. And thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. These are wonderful praise reports. I give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord Jesus. You're worthy. You're worthy of all of our praise. And now back to you, Pastor Sabrina. What do you think of these awesome praise reports? They're absolutely wonderful because our God is absolutely wonderful. Amen? Amen. Our God is absolutely wonderful. We're going to go to our guest call-ins for a moment, and I'm going to area code 407. Area code 407, you're on the air now in Jesus' name. Hello? Yes. Hello? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, they're having technical difficulties. We praise the Lord. Amen. Area code 605, you're on the air live. Area code 605, you're on the air in Jesus' name. Okay, they hung up too. Well, praise the Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. So... Hallelujah Praise the Lord We are requesting adjudications From the righteous judge Concerning Former President Donald Trump On May 31st said The legal system isn't working properly After a jury In Washington acquitted a former Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer who had been charged with lying to the FBI. Our legal system is corrupt, Trump said in a post on Truth Social, adding that our judges and justices are highly partisan, compromised, or just plain scared before lamenting that Michael Sussman, the lawyer, was found not guilty. Jason Miller, a former Trump campaign aide, also reacted to the verdict, writing that Sussman admitted to giving opposition research to the FBI and not telling the Bureau that the research was conducted for Clinton. So the man admitted that he did the very thing he was 
uh, on trial for doing. How can Sussman get off? Rigged system, Miller wrote. Sussman was accused of lying to the FBI because he said in writing that he wanted to meet with a bureau official to deliver information, but that he was not acting on behalf of a client. Well, now we know that wasn't the truth. Prosecutors said Sussman was acting on behalf of both the Clinton campaign and a client named Rodney, a technology executive who has said that he promised a, that he was promised a position in the government if Clinton won the 2016 election, said Sussman was not acting on behalf of a client. Even though Sussman previously told members of the House of Representatives under oath that he was. The defense also said that even if Sussman was representing a client when he met with the bureau official, the statement was not material because the bureau was aware Sussman represented the Democratic National Committee and other Democrat persons and entities. Federal law prohibits making a false statement or representation to the government. The charge carries up to five years in jail or up to eight years if the lie is related to international or domestic terrorism. The jury unanimously found Sussman not guilty. I don't think it should have been prosecuted, one juror told reporters. Seriously? There are bigger things that affect the nation than a possible lie to the FBI. It wasn't a possible lie. It was a definite lie. Now, let me tell you, for those of you who don't understand a little bit, a little bit. One of the main things the Clintons do is to stack a jury and then call in favors. That's one of their favorite things to do. Stack a jury call in favors. Don't forget it. You see, there are some people that live above the rule of law worldwide. No matter what the law says, they live beyond the rule of law. Well, we're calling for the righteous judge who is beyond the rule of law and the earth to release his judgment. And I thank him for them. Sing adjudications from the righteous judge concerning Justin Castro Trudeau, a puppet of the World Economic Forum and traitor to the people of Canada, has just declared his intention to finalize legislation that would outlaw the sale, transfer, transfer and importation of all handguns in Canada. Following in the footsteps of Adolf Hitler, who pushed strict anti-gun measures before initiating a massacre of millions of Jews. That's the Holocaust, for those of you who don't know. Trudeau clearly plans to disarm the citizens of Canada 
before unleashing the government to carry out arrests, executions, and disappearances of those who disagree with government tyranny. It will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. In other words, we're capping the market for handguns. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau stated over the weekend, we saw Trudeau's tyrannical tendencies on display just a few months ago when he ordered Canada's banks to seize the accounts of law-abiding citizens who merely donated a few dollars to the peaceful freedom convoys truckers that were protesting vaccine mandates in Canada. According to Trudeau, anyone who disagrees with Trudeau's tyranny is by definition a terrorist and must have their assets seized. Once Canada is fully disarmed thanks to new legislation, Trudeau will no longer have to be concerned with citizens' ability to defend themselves against government death squads and secret arrests. In that scenario, Trudeau can simply claim there's a new outbreak of some infectious disease, then round up all political opposition at gunpoint and take them to the infectious disease death camp and have them exterminated at will. Their deaths will be blamed on the current pox or pandemic, of course, and the government will claim they died because they resisted the government's vaccine. Those vaccines, obviously, are slow-acting euthanasia shots engineered to reduce the population of the world through blood clots, cancers, heart attacks, autoimmune disorders, and neurological damage. In freezing all handgun sales, just two years after banning AR-15 self-defense rifles, Justin Trudeau is doubling down on his commitment to carry out crimes against humanity via government genocide against his own people. The disarming of Canada is the last necessary step before the large-scale rounding up and extermination of the masses can begin. Private ownership of firearms is the very last thing in the way of global mass termination of civilians at the hands of criminal government regimes. Alongside Biden and other treasonous leaders of Western governments, Trudeau is following a step-by-step World Economic Forum blueprint for global genocide against the human race. This blueprint calls for governments to engineer a nine-point collapse scenario to drastically reduce the human population on planet Earth before 2030. Number one, engineered famine and mass starvation. Number two, the deliberate dismantling of the energy infrastructure that provides electricity, heat, and fuel. Number three, multiple waves of biological weapons designed to kill. Number four, global vaccine mandates to coerce the obedient masses into slow-acting euthanasia injections. Number five, planetary scale, geoengineering, and weather control to collapse the biosphere and cause global crop failures. Number six, deliberate collapse of the world's debt-based fiat currencies to cause global poverty. 
Number seven, escalation of global conflict into world war involving both Russia and China. Number eight, controlled demolition of the global supply chain to cause economic collapse. Number nine, the destruction of fertility via plastic chemicals, pesticides, hormone disruptors, LGBT grooming, and transgenderism. So there you have it. In order to carry out this plan, globalists must achieve, number one, disarmament of the masses so that they are unable to fight back when they realize they are being exterminated. Number two, censorship of all major communication platforms in order to keep the masses oblivious to the truth for as long as possible. Number three, compliance of the masses through social pressures and punishments for noncompliance, such as losing your job. Number four, permanent crisis in order to keep the masses in a state of constant fear and confusion where they defer to authority. Number five, reset of the money supply via CBDC's digital wallets controlled by central banks while outlawing cash. Pay attention, church. Number six, certainty of all election outcomes by rigging the ballot counting machines and counterfeiting ballots. Number seven, suppression of all whistleblowers in science, medicine, government, and academia who try to warn the public. Number eight, engineered scarcity of all natural resources such as fossil fuels, lumber, land, minerals, and crop yields. Number nine, demonization of all who criticize government as extremists or terrorists to be arrested, silenced, or executed. Number 10, control of all media, science, funding, pop culture messaging, and search engine results in order to erase knowledge. Trudeau's gun control measures are merely the next step in eliminating any resistance to government extermination and depopulation across Canada. Make no mistake, if you live in Canada and oppose tyranny, the government is coming to kill you after they take your guns. The same would be true if Biden were attempting nationwide gun confiscation in America. This is your last line in the sand. Once they take away the guns from citizen, citizens, it's off to the death camp, and no one's stopping the Canadian Holocaust now in the making. All right? We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning Cobalt 60 dirty bombs unleash a low level of radioactive contamination in the affected area. This radiation is not intense enough to kill people from simple radiation exposure, but when combined with the mRNA vaccines and their spike protein suppression of the NHEJ chromosomal repair mechanism in cell nuclei, even a low level of radiation could set off a cancer death wave by initiating genetic mutation in the bodies of victims. Stated another way, people who took mRNA vaccines are walking time bombs of cancer. Since the presence of the spike protein 
achieves around 90% suppression of double-strand break chromosomal repair capability, meaning that any source of ionizing radiation could set off widespread tumor cancer tumor growth. The ionizing radiation can come from excessive sunlight exposure, mammograms, high-altitude commercial flights, or even dirty bombs that unleash a low level of ionizing radiation. The NNSA is currently running dirty bomb drills in Austin, Texas. Code name, Cobalt Magnet 22. The dirty bomb drills are the U.S. government's response to the intel that radicalized Islamic extremists from Afghanistan have teamed up with explosive vest engineers from Iran, trafficking suicide bomb operators through the refugee exfil routes in Ukraine in order to achieve EU documentation and refugee status. From there... They fly to the U.S. and meet up with smugglers who use the non-secured U.S. border to deliver explosive vests, which can be disassembled before the border crossing, then reassembled on the U.S. side and combined with radioisotope material. Dirty bomb materials such as Cobalt-60 with a half-life of 5.27 years meaning it contaminates the infected area for 53 years, 10 half-lives, is then integrated into the explosive suicide vest in order to achieve high dispersion of radioactive material in the affected area. This radioactive material is not large enough to with raw radiation exposure. Rather, it is designed to contaminate major U.S. cities and spread fear and panic about nuclear terrorism, which has never before taken place in the USA. At the same time, those individuals who rejected the experimental bioweapons shot have maintained their innate DNA repair mechanism known as DHEJ. This means unvaccinated individuals can handle low-level exposure to ionizing radiation because they can automatically repair the double-strand breaks. Whereas, again, vaccinated individuals have largely lost this capacity. NHEJ suppression is around 90% according to published studies. mRNA vaccines make people highly vulnerable to DNA damage from low-level radiation. U.S. government officials fully recognize that radical Islamic terrorists intend to pull off these dirty bombs in targeted U.S. cities, but they are missing a far more important point. Due to the mass vaccination status of the population, people are highly vulnerable to cancers caused by low-level exposure to ionizing radiation that is far below any lethal dose. What the anti-West terrorists in Afghanistan and Iran have figured out is that Western nations have very high mRNA injection rates due to the extreme pro-vaccine propaganda pushed by their government. Further, those vaccine uptake rates are the highest in the cities of those nations, where populations tend to be far more obedient and socialist 
which is directly correlated to the sheeple mindset that results in oblivious masses agreeing to be injected with spike protein bioweapon platforms known as vaccines. This is especially true in the left-wing socialist cities of Western Europe, such as London, Paris, Berlin, etc. The strategic enemies of the West have come to realize that even a low level of radiation would, over time, wipe out the vast majority of the population in those cities by unleashing an aggressive wave of cancer caused by chronic, low-level radiation exposure. Dirty bomb materials such as cobalt-60 achieves chromosomal breaks due to its ionizing radiation. This well-known fact has no doubt been well understood by the enemies of the West. Uh Requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning, following Politico's report of a leaked draft opinion of the U.S. Supreme Court case of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, indicating that a majority of justices seem inclined to overturn the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision that legalized abortion nationwide, multiple churches and pro-life advocacy organizations have been burned, looted, and vandalized by pro-abortion extremists. However, not every act of vandalism is explicitly tied to outrage over the leaked Dobbs draft. Here is a list of churches and pro-life organizations that have been vandalized or had items stolen from them since Politico's story was published on May 2nd. Next Step Pregnancy Center in Linwood, Washington. Security video footage captured outside Next Step Pregnancy Services reveals a vandal spray painting pro-abortion messages on the exterior of the building early Wednesday morning. Images were shared by a Seattle radio host, and he, sh- he showed the words, if abortion isn't safe, was what was painted on the front door of the pro-life pregnancy center, while the rest of the phrase, then you aren't either, spray painted on the ground in front of the entrance. At the back of the building, the vandal painted the word Jane's Revenge on steps leading to a back entrance. A group of pro-abortion activists identifying themselves as Jane's Revenge has claimed responsibility for numerous acts of vandalism in recent weeks. So uh, in an interview, the director of the pregnancy services explained that the vandal took it upon themselves to throw rocks and to break five of our windows. Now you see somebody's got to pay for that. All right, there's Mount Avery Missionary Baptist Church in Lowndes County, Mississippi. Uh, A CBS affiliate based in northern Mississippi reported Tuesday that the Lowndes County Sheriff's Department is investigating the vandalism of Mount Avery Missionary Baptist Church, which was discovered Monday morning. Pictures of the pro-abortion vandalism revealed a message reading, Girls Just Want to Have Fundamental Rights, spray-painted on the doors of the church. Play on the Cindy Lauper song, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Additional images showed the phrase, Keep Your Laws Off My Body, 
spray-painted in multiple locations on the exterior walls of the church. Four churches, Olympia, Washington. The group of pro-abortion activists calling themselves Jane's Revenge took credit for the vandalism of four Washington state churches over the weekend of May 21st to 22nd. A blog posted on the Antichrist website, Abolition Media, May 23rd, contained the contents of an email sent by the Bo Brown cell of the pro-abortion organization. Last night we vandalized four anti-abortion churches in Olympia, the email read, a Mormon church, Calvary church, Harbor Church, and St. Michael's Catholic Church all received facelifts in the early hours of Sunday morning. We dumped red paint over the entryways and left messages. If abortions aren't safe, then neither are you. Abort the church, and God loves abortion. A picture accompanying the blog revealed the front of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints with the phrase, if abortions aren't safe, then neither are you, spray-painted between two sets of double doors along with the Antichrist symbol. So you see? Birthright, Frederick, Maryland, a Twitter user who identifies himself as Wayward Streamer, a self-described photo-video reporter, shared pictures of vandalism at Birthright, a crisis pregnancy center in Frederick, Maryland, on his Twitter account on May 8th. The words Defend Roe were spray-painted between the facility's two front windows. The profane um, fake clinic, never mind what else he said, you can figure that out yourself, was written next to the front door, reflecting the hostility pro-abortion activists have toward pro-life pregnancy clinics. You notice these cowards are doing all this at nighttime, you see. They don't have the courage or boldness to come out in the day when chances are they'd get arrested. Mm-hmm. Alpha Pregnancy Center, Reistertown, Maryland. I think that's what that says. Wayward streamers shared pictures of Alpha Pregnancy Center in Maryland May 7th. Graffiti painted in black, in black next to the front entrance read, you're anti-choice with the phrase not pro-life painted in red directly underneath it. To the left of the entrance, additional graffiti proclaimed, if abortions aren't safe, neither are you. The door of the crisis pregnancy center was vandalized to read, not a clinic. The porch directly in front of the office had the words Jane's Revenge painted on it. Jane's Revenge previously claimed responsibility for throwing a Molotov cocktail through the windows of a pro-life organization in Wisconsin. Right to Life, Salem, Oregon. A statement posted by the pro-life organization Oregon Right to Life on May 9th said, in the late evening on Sunday, May 8th, the offices of Oregon Right to Life were attacked. Noted that an individual used incendiary devices, one of which exploded and caught the building on fire. The office was vacant at the time and no one was harmed. Fire and police departments responded quickly, minimizing damage to the building. 
Holy Rosary Church, Houston, Texas. In a Facebook page post on May 9th, Friar Velez shared a picture of the words, Pro-choice is pro-life, spray-painted on the doors of Holy Rosary Church in Houston, Texas, accompanied by the caption, This is what the angry, hateful, anti-Catholic, pro-choice activists did to our church last night. And this gentleman who serves as parochial vicar at the church added that people painted the same message on our side doors as well. Okay. St. Bartholomew, the Apostle Catholic Church in Katy, Texas. Father Christopher Plant of St. Bartholomew, the Apostle Catholic Church in Katy, Texas, took to Twitter on May 9th to announce that our tabernacle was stolen last night. A producer for a Catholic radio network provided an update on the 11th. They found the tabernacle at a Burger King. Appears to be cracked open. Stole our Lord and left behind the gold. Clearly was not stolen for the money, but for something more precious. In a subsequent tweet, he asserted that the things were more complicated because the tabernacle was stolen a second time. He maintained that police have the faces and plates of the two sets of thieves, adding they predict that they will have it in custody within 24 hours. All right, First Care Women's Health, Manassas, Virginia, uh, uh, ABC of the affiliate in Washington, D.C., aired a report on vandalism that took place at First Care Women's Health, a pro-life pregnancy center in Manassas, Virginia. The CEO of First Care's parent company, Life First, explained that in one section it said liars, another one said fake clinics, and the other one said abortion is right. Okay. Wisconsin Family Action in Madison, Wisconsin. An incident report compiled by the police department in Madison, Wisconsin, stated flames were seen coming from the headquarters of the pro-life organization Wisconsin Family Action shortly after 6 a.m. on May 8th, according to the report. A Molotov cocktail, which did not ignite, was thrown inside the building. It also appears a separate fire was started in response. Graffiti was also found at the scene. No injuries have been reported. Pictures of vandalism posted on Twitter showed the phrase, If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either, painted on an exterior wall of the facility and fire damage office with books scattered across the floor. The group of pro-abortion activists who call themselves Jane's Revenge claim responsibility for the attack and vow to engage in further vandalism and demanded that pro-life organizations disband. Loretta House in Denton, Texas. Loretta House, a pro-life pregnancy center in Denton, Texas, has also experienced pro-abortion vandalism in recent days. A tweet posted by North Texas Catholic on May 8th reported that the facility was vandalized this weekend. 
The organization helps women, men, and children by providing material goods, parent education, and emotional and spiritual support during a woman's pregnancy and up to the child's third birthday. Pictures of the vandalism reveal the roadside sign advertising the facility emblazoned with the phrase, not a clinic, the same phrase painted on the organization's front door. Additional graffiti on the building proclaims forced birth is murder. Concerned Women for America, uh, Alexandria, Virginia. Security camera footage obtained by Fox News reveals an unidentified male vandalizing the headquarters of the pro-life organization Concerned Women for America in Alexandria, Virginia, early this month. The video footage shows the perpetrator repeatedly flipping off the security camera and urinating on the doors and windows of the facility, in addition to ripping the intercom system and security camera from the wall. Images of the vandalism provided to the Daily Wire reveal urine stains on the ground-level doors and windows of the facility, along with exposed wires for the intercom system that the vandal left behind. He doesn't know what to do with his male member. St. John, the 23rd Catholic Parish, Fort Collins, Colorado. Mm-hmm. So the Fort Collins Police Services in Fort Collins, Colorado, announced that uh, around 1.15 a.m. on May 7th, an unknown person spray-painted the front door of the Catholic parish, broke exterior glass panels. A parishioner of the church posted a picture of the vandalism on Twitter later that day. The phrase, my body, my choice, was painted on the church doors. St. Joseph's Priory, Armada, Michigan. At the beginning of the month, St. Joseph's, uh, a Catholic church in Michigan, was vandalized with graffiti, although the messages did not include, include any reference to abortion. Pictures of the vandalism reveal the graffiti say gay was painted on the sign advertising St. Joseph's Roman Catholic Church and Academy. A sidewalk featured graffiti reading, Fag Republicans dead. A door at the church was painted with the number 666 and the word fag. Another door had a pentagram drawn on it. Ain't that cute? Pillars at the church had the word suicide and big never mind painted on them. A message extending from an exterior wall of the building on the campus to adjacent doors had the number 666 next to a heart symbol alongside the word big on top of a picture of male genitalia. Southeast Portland Pregnancy Research Resource Center, Portland, Oregon. The group First Image, which runs several pro-life pregnancy centers, announced on Facebook May 5th that a group of people vandalized our Southeast Portland Pregnancy Resource Center last night. First Image elaborated on the damage sustained at the facility, noting that all the windows on one side of the sender were broken and there was a hateful anti-PRC message spray-painted spray on the wall. The incident happened overnight. Nobody was hurt. We have incredibly resilient staff. Nonetheless, it is deeply unsettling and puts everybody at all of our locations a bit on edge. 
Sacred Heart of Mary Church, Boulder, Colorado. The Sacred Heart of Mary Church in Boulder, Colorado was vandalized May 3rd, one day after the publication of the Dobbs draft. A news report from local news outlet uh, showed uh, put video footage of the vandalism, which included the spray-painted phrases, my body, my choice, on the doors of the church and abortion saves lives on exterior walls. The church also had several windows broken and statues of the saints featured on the exterior of the property defaced. So there you have it. These are the kind of people that they are. Certainly not the persons you would want living in your neighborhood, but such as it is. Amen? Amen. Such as it is. So we're going to go before the Lord requesting adjudications and some judgment concerning these matters that we have discussed. Amen. Amen. Brother Marshall, how are you? I am blessed and highly favored. How are you, Dr. Zemin? I'm, uh, incre- I'm increasing in strength. I'm doing much better. And I'm able to talk through the whole broadcast. And I thank the Lord Praise and the God. saints for their prayers. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> thank you, Lord, for your mercies for Dr. Sabrina and all of us and all of your children. Thank you for all the wonderful praise reports, Lord. Thank you for teaching us all. <clears throat> and we thank you, Lord. We know that like the Pharisees, they tried to do all kinds of wonderful things to try and impress other people. I don't know if they're really trying to impress God or not. They did, you know, fast twice a week, and they gave tithes of all they had, possessed, you know, and they gave all the little, had to measure every little thing, you know, all the little herbs that they grew in their garden. Well, I'm going to give one-tenth to the Lord. But then were they really walking in righteousness with God? They were trying to do their own righteousness. I think that's what it says somewhere in the book, that they had their own righteousness and were not submitting themselves to the righteousness of God. What is the righteousness of God? Well, Jesus is the Holy One and the just. None of us are just as if we never sinned apart from the blood of Jesus. But even while we were sinners, Christ died for us, much more than being now justified by his blood. We're made just as if we never sinned by the blood of Jesus. Like it says over in um, in uh, Romans uh, 5, starting around verse 8. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for making us just as if we never sinned. We thank you for the abundance of grace and the gift of of righteousness that we shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. Thank you for the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. So, Father, we can't deserve the privilege of coming boldly before your throne of grace because even the high priest, back when the Jewish people were doing their Day of Atonement, he had to be very careful about what he wore and the Fat Holiday talking and, and others talking about how they had to have the little bells on their garments and everything in case he'd messed up. <laughs> So that's why we all choose to die daily to the old man, die to fear, die to uh, gluttony and selfishness and presumption and, and all those things, and die to lying. Oh, my. What was that? It was on Sunday service that Dr. Sabrina was sharing. I, I'd read this scripture more than once. I'm quite sure. I've heard it lots of times probably because I have it playing a little uh, MP3 player or whatever it is. Where was that scripture, Lord? It was, it's, it's in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. If, 
If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. Oh, that jumped off the page at me on Sunday. I, I'd read it, but I hadn't. Is a liar. Immediately, if I say I love God, but I hate my brother, I'm a liar. He that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? So, Father, we repent, renounce, we entertain any spirits of grudges against real human beings made in the image of God. We know you made of all men one blood. The blood is what's so important, Father, because you look at the blood. You look at what's inside of our hearts. You know what we're all thinking about. You know, and you gave Boaz discernment concerning um, Naomi's uh, daughter-in-law, Ruth, who came back with her, and she wasn't even Jewish. No, but she came back to, she was said, let nothing depart uh, between me and you, save death. She was completely dedicated to helping her mother-in-law, who just lost everything. She lost her husband, both of her sons. And where did she come from? Oh, she came from where? Bethlehem. What's Bethlehem? That means the house of bread. Who was born in Bethlehem? The living bread from heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he said, he that eateth me shall live by me. She came back. She heard, oh, there's, there's provision because she had to leave because there had been a famine back then. And you let her where to go. She went to a place that wasn't exactly well, the way she'd hoped. But you brought her all the way through, all the hardships. And she had a daughter-in-law that the people in the town said was, was more precious to her than seven sons. <laughs> and back then they didn't have Social Security or, of course, who knows how secure Social Security is. <laughs> <clears throat> they did not have things to depend on from government. They had things to depend upon only from their family and those who knew from the living God who loves each of us perfectly. And that also says in 1 John chapter 4, For there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Father, I repent, renounce, and take responsibility for me and those I can stand in for entertaining any spirits of mind control ungodly fear. We know there's a spiritual warfare going on, psychological warfare. We know that there's a group of people, foreign and domestic, that don't like human beings created in your image. And so they want to defile these temples of the Holy Spirit, putting stuff in them by trying to control them with fear. Even some people who really think they're devout Christians. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. Maybe they're just like Pharisees. I don't know. Maybe they just Want to punch a time clock at his church? Oh, I'm a good person. I, I did my virtual signaling. And I put my ten dollars in the in the collection plate. And oh, but it wasn't convenient to go during the pandemic because oh, because our fearful pastor said, oh no, we can't go. So Father, we thank you for helping us all, how, showing us how it's not our faithfulness, it's your faithfulness to us. If we have to enter into that rest, because Jesus did it all, none of us can make ourselves righteous. Why did Jesus bleed and die on the cross? I forget the dear saint's name that was with Pat Holiday, just a year or two younger than Pat, maybe. What time was that? I think I met her. But um, she, she pointed out the scripture right after Galatians 2.20, Father God, which I don't have. Do I have it memorized, Lord? I know Galatians 2.20, for I am crucified with Christ. Well, that's what happens when we're water baptized, right? <laughs> did I repent, renounce all sins? Pride. You know, Satan's nature, pride. Rebellion, Leviathan, that spirit of, well, I'm smarter than God. Well, I'm going to take care of everything. No, I, I can't even make myself drool. Jesus was brought to the dust of death in our place. He who knew everything, well, he didn't, the only Father knows when Jesus is coming back, but he is, 
He is Emmanuel, God with us, and he can't lie. So, Father, we thank you for Jesus who can't lie. And we thank you that he's ever living to make intercession for each and every one of us. And we thank you, Father God, that he's interceding even now. For now is the day of salvation. But this man, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24 and 25, but this man, the Lord Jesus, the Holy One and the Just, Acts, where that is, 314, he's the only one who's just, he's the only one who's holy. And Proverbs, Psalm 39 says, there's, there's, we're all vanity. We all have vanity. We all have a measure of this and a little bit of that. But when we look to Jesus, because we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, Lord, and you guide us with your eyes. Said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So have, a, have that discernment, to discern between AI robots and bots and real human beings with the blood reflecting the Creator in them, Father, the real blood, the holy blood. But this man in Hebrews 7.24, but this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. You're our high priest, Lord Jesus, and you make that ultimate atonement. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. That's the only way we can come, by the word of God, by the Lord Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, who shed his blood, his life for each of us, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. He had power to lay down his life and power to take it again. And we as the body of Christ, we're called the body of Christ. That's why uh, Jesus said to Saul of Tarsus, when he saw him as a light brighter than the noonday sun in Acts 26, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Oh, oh, Jesus takes it very, very personally. When somebody comes against a member of his body, the body of Christ, and you said in your word, me, Father, get to where you want me to be. I commit my works unto you, Lord, and my thoughts shall be established. I continue to bind every spirit of vain imagination that's head and his heart, and all the heads and hearts I can stand in for. You come boldly before your throne of grace. You said in Psalm 2, starting verse 1, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together. Those from the World Economic Forum, those from the CCP and other groups that think they're ruling things, kind of the Klaus Schwab's, the, those Soros groups and all that sort of thing, the global elite behind the central bank, global central bank, they want to bring in the central digital currency to control people, track and trace, track and trace. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against who? Against the Lord and against his, uh, his anointed, against Father God, against the anointed one, the Holy One and the just, the Lord Jesus, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and one power. Against the Lord, against his anointed. They say, they're trying to say, just like Trudeau is trying to say, oh, let us break their bands asunder. Let us cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall could have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. Jesus, you are the son of God. Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. He came to this earth in the physical body one time. But he's from eternity past. That's what it says in Micah 5. Is that where it is, Micah 5? Yes. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the utmost parts of the earth for thy possession. So, Father, Dr. Sabrina has already asked, and we've been in agreement according to Matthew 18, 19. 
And all these prayers are in agreement according to Matthew 18, starting verse 14 to verse 20. If you, you don't want one of these little ones to perish. You don't want any of the children, born or unborn children, to perish, Father God, because you love all children. And even John the Baptist had leaped in his mother's womb. Hey, he hadn't been born yet. He leaped in his mother's womb when, when Mary walked in with who was inside of her? Christ in her, the hope of glory. Hey, Christ is in each one of us as we've received him, as we drink into one spirit with you, Lord, because you cannot lie. Praise you, Lord. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces as a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O you kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. You know, he calls us to be his kings and priests. Be wise now, therefore, Lord, help us to have your wisdom from your word. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, holy reverence, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are they that put their trust in him. Thank you, Lord. We put our complete confidence and trust in you, Lord. I can't save myself. You draw me out of many waters, quite literally, not just when I was physically born. <laughs> the waters of natural baptism, kind of when my mother's water broke, and I had a hard time coming out. The uh, doctor had a hard time. He said, he, I, I have to break his arm to get him out. Thank you, Lord. He didn't break my arm, but I don't know what my mother went through. I've never been a woman. I've not been sexually confused that way. I've had some other confusions in my life, but you're not the author of confusion, Father, but of pieces in all the churches of the saints. Yes, there's peace in all the true churches of the saints. There's some churches where they have trappings of religious, they look righteous to some on the outside, whether it's Church of Latter-day Saints, whether it's some of the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah, there's some real saints inside the Roman Catholic Church. But Lord, you said, come out of her, my people. You want them to come out so they won't receive your judgment because it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. So, Father, we ask for your divine intervention in adjudication. And we know you've given all Jesus all power in heaven and earth. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And even as you told Mary, that nice little Jewish girl who was willing to say, be it unto me according to your word, instead of, well, I'm an old man, like, like John the Baptist's dad did. And he was like, well, I'm not so sure. He said, oh, I stand in the very presence of God. Well, he got to learn for nine months. He couldn't say peep. Kind of that. So, Father God, you say the people that don't say things, what you want them to say? Hmm. You know how to deal with them. You know how to deal with them, Father. But you made it really clear. When you spoke to Mary, when you gave her the divine revelation by your ministering spirits, your angel that you sent unto her, fear not, Mary, in Luke one thirty. For thou hast found favor with God. We all know what that really means, to find favor in your sight, Lord. Just like Ruth did when she bowed down before Boaz when he was being kind to her. And she came from a land she had lacked. She had no uh, resources at a savings account. She didn't have a government to turn to to get baby formula. Not that she needed a baby formula. Of course, most of the baby formula made today is not really that good for babies. You can make better baby formula from healthy things. So, Father God, we thank you, Father God. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive of thy womb, and bring forth a son, shall call his name Jesus. What does Jesus mean? That's the name that was given to him by the angel. Jesus. It means Savior. Jesus. Is that important? Jesus. And he shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. <clears throat> 